Hey friends, final day of 2019, the 365th day of the year, and the 3,652nd day of the decade. We got two extra days this decade because of leap years. It's a lot of days in the 2010s. Sitting there drinking coffee this morning, reflecting back on the past 10 years, and was wondering, you know, what things have happened in my life that have taught me the most, where I've learned the most, the things that have changed me for the better. And I came up with five things. Five things that really jumped out. Actually, the first four jumped out real quick. I had to think a little more about number five. I wanted to share those with you today because I hope you've been taking time recently to reflect on what has not only happened in the past year for you, but also the past decade. I believe in my heart that the 2020s is going to be, it has to be, the biggest and best decade of our lives. But it starts with reflecting on what you've been through, where you've been, what you've learned, and how you're going to leverage that into the year 2020 and beyond. But I want to share with you five things. And there's an underlying theme with these five things. Because that common denominator in your experiences and in your moments, that's, that's the thing you ought to focus on sometimes, is what not the result itself, not the outcome, whether it's a W or an L, but what is the underlying theme, really? What, what's the common denominator here that's either holding me back and I'm taking the L, or it's pushing me forward, and I'm getting the W. I've got that one as well, uh, which is actually the title of today's podcast, which is Surrender Plus Faith. Surrender Plus Faith. So here's my top five, all right? Number one, right out of the gate, and I can't, as I said, I came up with the first four right away. The fifth one I had to think more about. Number one, in the past 10 years, I have bought two houses. The first one I bought, I, I'm, I was dumbfounded. I really thought there's no way I'm ever going to even be able to afford a home on a coach salary. And uh, I just thought, now ah, I'm, I'm resigned to renting, which, you know, I'd, I'd come to terms with that. But uh, I learned some things. And uh, my situation was better than I thought it was. Uh, and I bought my first home in 2010 uh, because of some other opportunities that took place. I ended up selling that one and moving and coming to the mountains, and I bought my second home. So here I am. I'm in my second home. I bought it in 2015, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, I thought there's no way I'm going to even buy a home, much less be in position to buy my second one and sell one. <laughs> so those experiences taught me a lot because uh, I never imagined I would I would ever be able to do them. Uh, second thing is I founded a charity bicycle event in 2013. Uh, it was a charity ride that was four days. We rode the Natchez Trace Parkways, 444 miles. It started with a really simple idea, uh, an idea that a friend came up with about riding a part of the parkway and uh, I 
threw gasoline on that idea and and set fire to it to amplify it. And I said, how about we just do all 444 miles? I, I like that idea better. And, and then uh, decided that I just didn't want to do it selfishly, but got to create this into some sort of charity. Uh, let's have a bigger purpose behind it and did that. And so over the course of the next two years, we ended up raising about $100,000 for a veteran organization called Team Red, White, and Blue. And boy, I can't even begin to just fully describe everything that I learned from that experience. Uh, from a, from taking a, an idea from scratch, not knowing how in the world you're going to put this together. Because I had to recruit riders, I had to get SAG help, uh, and then we all had to raise money, and, and just, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. And we had a good two-year run, uh, and then I had uh, a friend, several friends, then take it over and run with it for the next few years uh, and continue that idea, and, and they did so fantastically well. Uh, but that entire thing taught me a lot about what's possible, even when you aren't sure how you're going to get things done. Uh, and the result of that is we raised a lot of money, but on a personal note, I I gained many, many wonderful friendships and have created relationships with people because of that experience that uh, are lasting to this very day. People I'm still in touch with and uh, and have active relationships with. And had had that event not taken place, had I, had I not just started it and ran with it, I, I wouldn't even know them. And boy, I, I don't even like the idea of not having these relationships with these people. So that's number two. Number three. Uh, this is a story that very few people know about, but I took a big L. I took a big L in 2013. I I competed for a job. <laughs> I laid it all on the line. I went for a job, and I didn't get it. And frankly, it took me several months to get over that because I went all in. I went I went way outside my comfort zone because I was pretty comfortable with where I was and my place in the community and uh boy I had deep roots there in Nashville because if I had not taken the L and I got the W it would have meant moving it would have it would have meant a lot of good things in my view but I didn't get it <laughs> I got I got I took the L I took the L, and it took me a while to overcome that mentally and emotionally. Um, and and fortunately, I did, because another great opportunity came along that laid the groundwork for me to then pursue another opportunity that came knocking on my door. But I learned a lot about that entire process of going outside your comfort zone. Uh, it was an occupational comfort zone. I went outside of it. I went for it. I, I did what I thought was my best ability to, to get the position, but I failed. I failed. You know, took the L. Uh, but I had to take that L to then move forward to get the next W. It's a painful thing to go through, but I had to go through it. And I learned a lot about myself. 
because of that experience. Uh, again, only a few people know about that one, and that's fine, but that one taught me a lot. It taught me an awful lot. And, uh, you know, then that led to the next few things that have been fabulously wonderful in my life. So, number four, number four actually isn't the fact that I have the job I have now. That's not number four. That's not number four. Number four actually is moving. Moving from a place where you have deep, deep roots planted. You have yourself established in a community. You have a, you have a job. You have relationships. You have family. You know, if you don't know, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. All my family's there. Countless friends. I was deeply involved and woven in the bicycling community there and statewide. But I moved. I uprooted everything about my life and I moved it to the mountains of North Carolina. And everything I went through because of that moving process to this new, big, better, I thought and still do believe it absolutely is a bigger, better uh, opportunity for me. Uh, but that entire process of moving, uprooting your life when you're well established and 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 not knowing if it's going to work or not, but believing that it is going, you have to make it work. Uh, leaving my family, leaving all my friends, and coming here to tackle an opportunity that was bigger and better than anything I'd done to that point. But that process of moving from the Nashville, Tennessee area to here in the mountains and everything it has taught me about living and relating to your community and what the the mountains have taught me about myself and the changes I've gone through personally, mentally and emotionally and spiritually since I've moved here, uh, I'm not the same person. Uh, I, I believe I'm a better person and uh, am better equipped to not only you know, do my job better, but also um, handle what is number five even better. And I came up with those first four really quickly. Like, these are the things I learned the most from that jump out as, for me personally, transformational, if I could use that word. They, they, those experiences transform me into um, a better person. Uh, it helped transform other people. It um, you know, I just made progress that I previously thought, you know, maybe wasn't possible or, um, that I, that I would never experience or go through, but I did. And those first four came to me, but the number five, the number five I struggled with, well, what, what really is number five? And, and then when I got right down to it, it finally hit me and it's relationships. Number five is relationships. And those, the countless relationships I have with people as a coach, uh, as just a person, uh, as an athlete, uh, you know, those, the, the relationships I have now and what have had since I've moved here to the mountains, especially how they have challenged me, how they have transformed me. I, I, I can't even, it's immeasurable. Uh, because I've not always been very good at 
relationships. Looking back now, I know I wasn't. Uh, I didn't, you know, it wasn't that I was bad. I just wasn't very good. And I had to get better. If you're going to be an effective coach and, you know, as best a leader as you can possibly be, you have to focus and concentrate on relationships. And uh, that's, what I've, that's what I've tried to do. Um, and since I've moved here, I have come up with uh, better ways to relate to other people and build stronger, better relationships with them. So to help them become better people better students, better athletes. And I'm still a work in progress when it comes to that. But that's my fifth thing. My fifth thing is just, that's the thing that stands out as, you know, I've gotten a lot better at that. And I still have a long way to go. I've got deficiencies, but I'm better at it. And it brings me a lot of joy in my life. And it's taught me a lot. So those are my five things. I thought, like, what, what is the, the common denominator with those five things? And when you get right down to it, in each of those situations, I had to surrender. I simply surrendered. I was like, okay. All right, this is what I'm going to go through. I'm I'm either choosing to put myself through this experience or it's just simply happening to me. And you reach a point sometimes where you just have to surrender. Surrender to the moment. Surrender to the situation. And dare I say, go with the flow. Use your instincts. Take what you've learned and apply it. Surrender. But it starts with surrender. And... In each of those situations, I surrendered. I was like, well, okay. What I thought was possible, um, you know, changed my mind. And it did. It did change my mind. Because what was possible was more than what I had imagined inside my own mind. So I, but it started with surrender. You know, and I surrendered. But then, the key element in each of those situations was not just simply surrendering and going through the motions, but I surrendered and I had faith. I had faith it was going to work. So, surrender plus faith. If I'd have just surrendered, but had no to little faith, I don't think any of those five things would have taught me much or I would have gained from it. But I surrendered and I had faith. I think that's key, having faith. And it's tough to do. It's tough to do. It's tough to surrender, and it's difficult to have faith when you don't have all the answers, when you can't predict the outcome, when there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty. And you just simply have to go and live it out. And as you're doing that, you don't want to fight it. And I think that's the key element is as I was going through all of those things is I, I, I didn't fight those situations. Might have had a, a difficult time dealing with some things within it because it would make me aware about my own deficiencies or uh, uh, failings about myself. 
and I'd have to change and I'd have to adapt to be better in order to help myself because I got to help myself first before I can help other people. But it starts with surrender and then having faith. Those two things alone will take you a long, long way. And those two things are the common denominator of those five things that I shared with you as the biggest things of my decade, my 2010s. Bought two houses, founded a charity event that was hugely successful, raised over 100 or roughly $100,000. Competed for a job, lost it, took a dub, I mean, uh, took an L, big L. But that L turned into a W soon after that. I moved. I live in a beautiful place now. And it's full of rewarding relationships. And I'm better at those. I'm not the best. I can be even better. But I am better. And it's those five things that I take away from the 2010s as having put me in the position I am today to be as best prepared as I can for the 2020s. Because as I said, I think it's going to be our biggest, most important decade ever. I think one, because it is, and two, because it has to be. It has to be. Because frankly, I don't like the alternative. I don't like the alternative. I don't like taking L's. I like to take W's. And even if I take an L, boy, you better learn a lot from it because that's what's going to set you up for the next big success. So take some time today, tomorrow, next few days. What are your top five things that worked out well for you in the 2010s where you learned the most, you got to another level, just moments of satisfaction and joy that are still providing you with confidence and momentum as you go into the next decade. So, surrender plus faith. If you try to just do all these things without surrendering to the moment, surrendering to the situation, and then having faith, you're just going to you're going to encounter a lot of struggle and frustration and disappointment. Not saying you can't achieve a W here and there when you don't surrender and don't have faith. You can. But man, I venture to guess it's going to be a much more miserable experience because you're fighting it every step of the way. So, stop fighting it. Stop fighting it. Surrender and have faith. You do that, I bet you'll surprise yourself at the outcomes that will happen. So as we go into 2020 tomorrow and beyond, think about that. What's your top five? What's your common denominator? For me, it's surrendering and having faith. So that's it. Wrapping up 2019. Going to wake up tomorrow, January 1, 2020. My eyes are wide open, and I'm ready to go. I hope you are too. Talk to you soon. Have a happy new year. Adios.